We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, look, on the topic of coming home, it may not be coming home, but he's coming home. This is the Arsenal Vision Post-Match Podcast. My name is Elliot Smith, the Black Manager, Ian Gunner. Look, I'm sorry to all my England friends and, and English listeners who were uh, heartbroken by the loss to France, I, I will say, just from my own, my own perspective. I thought England were very good, but being very good doesn't get you the win because Olivier Giroud is inevitable. Um, he's like Thanos, snapped his fingers, and England are out of the World Cup, but... He is coming home. And by he, I mean Bukayo Saka. And that means that only William Saliba is left at the World Cup of the Arsenal players. And I think it it may hurt right now from an England perspective, if that is what you're rooting for. But from an Arsenal perspective, I think it leaves us in pretty good shape. So we're going to talk a little bit about the England game, just because I think that, you know, it's a relevant topic, although you can get uh, certainly better analysis from Lewis and Tim and Phil on the World Cup Daily that aired last night, uh, UK time. And... We're going to talk a little about Dubai training camp, the players coming back together, the Indica links. Um, it rolls off the tongue weird. Indica links. Indica links. It sounds like a thing. I don't know. Let's not make it a thing, though, because I feel like it'll go to a weird place. Let's do this. Let's introduce who's on the pod. Then I want to say one thing before we get started. So uh, joining me now is Paul. You can find him on Twitter. Pause my pants. Hello, pause. Woohoo! And Clive, you can find him on Twitter. Clive PFC. Hello, Clive. Hello, hello. I took a pause before I introduced you because I assumed that Paul was going to say something about Indica links. Well, like you I, did say it rolled off the tongue. I thought you had it all covered. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay. So before we get started, I just want to say this. Um, I guess two days ago now, Grant Wall passed away in Qatar. And Grant Wall, a, a very prominent uh, football journalist from the U.S., someone who I think it's fair to say was instrumental in growing the game in the U.S. and especially growing the women's game. Um, Grant and I went to university together and – I can tell you that from a very young age, uh, someone who was inspirational and kind, uh, I think he was an excellent writer. And whether you followed his work or not, if you are on Twitter or follow the accounts of anybody that knew him or interacted with him, it is so rare that you see 
a uniform reaction to someone's passing where everybody essentially says the same thing, that he was kind and helpful to them at every opportunity. Uh, he had appeared on this podcast, which he certainly didn't need to do. He did it because he was asked and, you know, once upon a time we went to school together and he saw, sure, I'll, I'll come on your podcast. He was just someone who was willing to try to help others with their career, with their life. Um, and while I think it, it's obviously what he will be known for. His legacy will be his journalism and speaking truth to power and, and certainly trying to confront difficult topics when others ran away from them. It's actually just his kindness and his humility and and being a, a helpful, considerate person that is the legacy. And my heart goes out to uh, to his family, obviously suffering to his friends who are suffering, to the people touched by his work who are suffering. And uh, I just wanted to make sure that we emphasize that. I know Tim did speak about that at the start of the World Cup Daily. But, um, you know, it certainly made an impact on me when I heard the news and, and someone who had an impact in my life. So he will be missed. And uh, and certainly we hope he rests in peace and our thoughts are with his his family and friends. So not the best, uh, most uplifting note to get the pod started on, but certainly one we had to do. So we can shift gears to another uplifting note. England uh, crashing out of the World Cup. A joke. I'm Look. This is the hard thing about talking about the World Cup. We have listeners who are French. We have listeners who are Moroccan. We have listeners who are Portuguese, right? So like every time you say, ooh, I'm sorry that England lost, there's someone listening to be like, what are you talking about? I'm not. I root for France. But uh, on the panel here, we do have Clive, and Clive was indeed rooting for England. And I mean, the thing that I take away from this game, apart from England being quite good, Clive, is that, you know, for years, I think we've had this debate, this almost like an inferiority complex of, why doesn't everybody give Saka as much credit as Grealish? Why doesn't everybody give Saka as much credit as Foden? Why doesn't everybody give Saka as much credit as Sancho? Well, now Sancho can't even get in the England team. Grealish is sitting on the bench the whole tournament. Foden, you know, he got in there and I thought he did all right. But the, the player who comes away, I think, as the best English player in the tournament and certainly the best English player on the night against France is Bukayo Saka. And whatever level we think he will reach someday, whatever the ceiling is, he's awesome right now. He is a star right now. And I think he may be devastated to crash out, but he's going to be coming home very much with his head held high about, about how he performed against France and, and what he's done for his reputation in the game. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Absolutely. And, and agree. And, and, and nice words on Grant, by the way. Um, I you. think the things we know about him, the way he receives the ball and his timing of releasing the ball, we've grown so used to it now. But when it translates to the highest pressure moments, and then suddenly you think, look at him and say, actually, he's the only one doing this. He's the only one receiving the ball, turning inside and releasing it on time. Mm -hmm. And then you think, okay, they can all play, but pressure does, you know, crazy things to people, doesn't it? And um, and I, I love his bravery to play and and just do the simple things and. His decision making and timing is just great, and um, so yeah, to see him get his uh, you know, to steal another term, to see him get his flowers nationally, uh, I think is really quite rewarding, and to see the angst around his substitution is a, is a comfort yep. in, in itself, right? And um, wonderful player, a wonderful human being, and I think we're getting to see all of that now with the time we have to watch all the training videos and the social clips coming out in England at the England camp. And he's coming out of it as a really lovely, rounded human being. And, um, yeah, 
we're we're all in our middle age, right? It feels like one of your young kids running around out there, you know. It does. It feels uh, we're all. I we, I'm incredibly proud of him, you know. And I know that's mm-hmm. what, is that the right phrase. I feel really proud of it, him. It's what easy to sound like? condescending, but we all feel it. So I don't think anybody's going to accuse you of that. I, I mean, mm. I I totally get it. And and let's yeah, go ahead. Uh, let's say all three of us have had a bit of a history out there, a bit of a past. So like, you never know. He could actually be one of our children. I mean, that is an interesting point. While, well, while cool. I, I am fairly certain that he is confident in who his father is, uh, I, I appreciate you suggesting that all of us um, are philandering maniacs who have uh, rogue children running around the world. So thank you for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like he, he might as well be my, my child because I do feel that, that pride. The thing I'll say, Paul, too, is I think there's this worry, oh, you know, you, you can't root for these guys to crash out and come back to Arsenal because it's going to have an impact on them psychologically. But if Bukayo Saka could get over what he went through after the Euros and come back and have a stellar season and look unfazed, he's certainly not going to be phased by crashing out here in a tournament where he can leave with his head held high and be the one who feels good about what he did. And I think the same probably goes for Martinelli. Now, again, we've not experienced Martinelli reacting to the trauma of crashing out of a tournament, but he crashes out of the tournament where... He went into the tournament with people saying, why is this bum being brought? There are other players from Brazil that should have been taken instead of him and leaves the tournament with people saying, why didn't Chite get him on the pitch? Chite's a bum for not bringing Martinelli on to to get us through the game. And so both Saka and Martinelli have only elevated their stature in the game, have had creditable World Cups. Saka, obviously more influential, but both, I think, getting headlines and and raising eyebrows and improving their position in the game. And so while the, the exits will be painful, I think they will be exits that they can both recover from fairly quickly and come back to a title challenge. And oh, by the way, this was the last day we needed them to get knocked out because if they don't get knocked out here, they're in a third place game and they're playing on the 17th of December and almost certainly uh, Martinelli would have been starting. So do you agree with me that in terms of Martinelli and Saka, we're in best case scenario land in terms of the stage they could have been knocked out and the way they will leave in terms of their sense of their contribution to their national teams. Yeah, for sure. Um, Obviously, Saka could have gone on with England and won the World Cup, which, you know, be very nice and all. But uh, the Probably English not for would, Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, probably not for Arsenal. The English might get a bit unbearable. You know how they get. Um, so we can't have that. Thanks, thanks Paul. You're, help, you're, yeah. help, you're helping the cause here, man. Thanks, man. Well, look, England <laughs> are basically friends. like Ireland football-wise, just a lot better. But basically like Ireland. Um, mm. It's not for them. Um so you have this issue that, like, the alternative is Saka goes on to win or lose in the final. I don't think, apart from the time thing, the psychology thing of either side of that, it, let's say it's a big gamble. Like, it could take a long time to come down from that or to come up from that. I think, Can I say something controversial? You tell me if you agree. Yeah. I think getting knocked out now where he did <clears throat> yeah. will be easier psychologically to come back into the team from than had he won the World Cup. I almost think the worst case scenario for our player is to win the World Cup because anything he would have had to do at club level after that would have felt trivial in, in some respects. Yeah, I really felt that was what I was saying. Oh, okay, so so now that I've restated it, it sounds a lot more accurate in my head. So good, okay, we can move on. I mean, the viewers can listen and decide which version of that they preferred of a horrible feeling. They'll say you were far more eloquent and clear. But I can live but hey, that. we'll leave it out there. <laughs> uh, look, he's going to come out of this with his future bright, incredibly bright. Both mm-hmm. him and Martinelli are going to come out of this World Cup 
amazingly enhanced in terms of what their futures are. They themselves will feel they got five, six World Cups ahead of them because that's what you feel when you're 21 or so. Um, They may only have three or two, but they'll feel they have five, six or seven that, that like the future is bright, that their frustrations, they'll carry that forward. And next time around, it won't be Harry fucking Kane that stays on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they didn't take off Harry Kane, partly because he's a guy who could get that goal off a set piece at the end, but also because you can't take Harry Kane off. Well, next time around, you won't be able to take Bukayo Saka off as your sub. Mm-hmm. He's the best guy on the pitch, and you can't take him off because of what he is, how important he is to the team, to the psychology of that team. Uh, Martinelli has come in and had a big impact within the team and proven himself to be a guy that you want in your squad who who can begin to make a difference. So it's all there for them to prove it on the pitch over the next four years. And what they need is consistency. Uh, They don't need the turmoil of switching clubs. They need success at their club. I mean, from an entirely selfish standpoint, it could not be better for Arsenal. They have everything to to prove, everything to improve, positions to establish within that squad and uh yeah they'll be back for christmas and yeah and we need we games. need france in the world cup i think selfishly not because that's necessarily the nation i'm rooting for but because i think if france winds up in a third place game saliba will start it um potentially <laughs> and and that's what one week before we play roughly um if they don't play in a third place game saliba will have played no minutes and i think there's a chance Every single one of our players who went to the World Cup will be available for West Ham, except for Gabriel Jesus, who, I mean, I still shed a tear for him in terms of what he went through because he had the nightmare World Cup. I mean, he had played, didn't really distinguish himself, dogs abuse from Brazilian fans, knee injury, out, losing his club losing his club season where he was such a star and could have come back at least to the love of the Arsenal family. Um, I just hope for him psychologically he comes back in decent shape because... He still is our most important player for me. So, Clive, let, let's be a little silly. Let's speculate. Let's have a little bit of fun on some stuff. Um, Harry Kane leaves the tournament now as the GOAT. I don't mean greatest of all time. I mean the scapegoat. He misses the penalty and England go out. Saka leaves the tournament where the lasting memory is he was the best player. I think the rules now are that Saka should get the treatment from the referees in the Premier League that Kane's been getting. We need to pass that torch. Saka will now, of course, be getting... By the way, what is it with Saka? Because the same protection he doesn't get in the Premier League, he wasn't getting it in this World Cup game either. Like, he was just getting kicked to pieces again. There's something about this poor guy, so strong in his lower body, so able to hold the ball up, so clever. Now, granted, he did win a penalty, but, like, lots of kicking went on there. Um, I think he also turned his ankle on one of those fouls that wasn't called, and so I'm hoping that wasn't one of the reasons he came off. But, Clive, I mean, might we start to see a Bukayo Saka who does get a little bit more love from referees in the Premier League and stuff? I mean, when you are a important player for England, I think you you do get the benefit, and I will accept that there may be societal issues that make this different versus Harry Kane that we don't necessarily have to probe, but I'm curious, uh, unless you want to, in which case you certainly can. Um, the point being, I- I'm ready for Bukasaka to get the Harry Kane referee treatment. How about you? 
<laughs> yeah, uh, oh, of course I am, but it's not going to happen, right? Because he plays for the Arsenal, and that's what happens, right? So, and maybe that's not the only reason, to be fair. But yeah, well, I'm not going to go there, right? So, yeah, but we, Golden we Boy, thinking it, <laughs> Gold, Golden Boy, Golden Locks, Harry, well, you know, didn't get that penalty in the first half, which looked like a penalty, by the way. You know, he's yeah. getting that penalty in the Premier League, that's for sure. <laughs> and that player's yeah. been banished, <laughs> banished to the stands for going near him. So, um. So yeah, I actually Could he miss a penalty against us, by the way? Just once? Like he yeah. looks like missing, and then he puts this one in Rosette. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I mean he's anyway, he is uh I'm not gonna go into Kane. I think with um <laughs> with with Saka, we all know his skill sets and there are times, you know, he's he's a clever player as well. You know, come on, we're adults here. He he sometimes he leaves his legs in, sometimes he gets his legs kicked yeah. off. Right, so um, it's all part of the game, but the part of the trick of the game is he accelerates, he drives into spaces where others don't want to tread, and he's in control of the ball, mostly on his safe side, and people are reaching around trying to get it off him. He's in charge of the duel. Give him the foul that he has earned. It's as simple as that. He's doing all this at top speed. I think sometimes referees just get... They just don't see it. There was a period, remember when Bell had a period when he was just running all the time and falling over and people wondering what he was doing. And it took a while for people to work out his game. You know, and, um, and people say, look, he's at speed, he's, he's diving. Well, he was bad, he was diving quite a lot. However, sometimes when you're at speed, people don't recognise the contact that's required to knock you over. Yeah, and, um, absolutely. And it, 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 I don't want to be all conspiracy theorist. There's enough of them out there. But I would like to see him get a little bit more protection because, you know, touch wood, we can see these are proper collisions, some of these. On that first foul on the goal, on the, on the French first goal, if you look at the way he was bundled over, his knee and his leg was in a very ACL-type position and he managed to kick his foot off the floor to stop that collapse inward. And that's all it takes, yeah. right? That's all it takes. And um, so... At some point, we've got to look after him. We've got to look after him and make sure he gets the protection he deserves. Not just him, he's smart nearly as well. And one, th- one thing about our team, and I want to see us add more of it, we have lots of carriers. You know, we have lots of... Jesus is a dribbler carrier into contact. Martinelli the same. Odegaard the same. We like carriers in our team. And I love that about our Saka as well. Because carriers create new pictures. And sometimes with us, we, we look so creative because we have these creative wing forwards that can really carry the ball and create new angles. And I want to see more of that come into the club. Smith Rose is equally good on the ball, you know, when he drives and carries. So add the carrying aspect, but protect the carriers as well because they're getting munched, yep. right? And then and we're not we're not getting the due reward, shall we say, from our referee friends. Well, and again, I'm gonna go conspiracy theorists for a minute, but like what was the foul? What was the game? You guys we need Tim for when I ask these kind of questions, but where Bukayo Saka, the defender literally wrapped their arms around him and and suplexed him in the in the penalty box. That was, they just uh, like, hey, Mings. Mings, was Aston Mings? Villa, yep, exactly yeah. that. Like, I'm sorry, if that exact foul happened on Boxing Day after England's Bukayo Saka had just come back, if someone did that to England's Bukayo Saka right after the World Cup, the referee's blowing up for that. Did you tell you the one that's even worse than that? Mm-hmm. Do you remember the one Crystal Palace at home? Well, you, no, that but that's we're going back two seasons now, right? Where he just punts his ankle. 
No, just booted him up the, the backside. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. booted yeah. him up the backside. I mean, yeah. he yeah. literally <laughs> just booted him in the back. He take that full force, and it's like, did I not see that? that? Was VAR back then too. That, that yeah. Means, yeah, that that's that's one well, of the worst non calls I've literally ever seen. But my point is, I think, and again, I could I could be wrong. I do think that his profile in the game has been elevated. And I think mm. there are referees sometimes who are like, sorry, mate, you gotta you gotta earn the respect to get my whistle here. You know, yep. you, you you're gonna you gotta you gotta do something in the game before I'm gonna give you these kind of calls. Well, he's done something in the game now and he's earning it. And I think we've even seen it. I think Arsenal have had more calls go for us this season in a title race when we're good than we've had go for us in past seasons. I know there's one big one that didn't go again, went go for us in Old Trafford, but I'm not bitter about it at all. <laughs> he never mentioned um, it, actually. But yeah. like <laughs> Yeah, but 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 um I think we're going to start to see Saka get some of these calls. Now, it's interesting. Uh, Clive, I'll stay with you just for a second because, Paul, I want to get your thought on this too. Um, the Over the last few seasons, oh, Mount, Grealish, Foden, Sancho, you know, the, the young English players who are all better than Saka. And just one by one, Sancho, Mount, Sancho's out of the England team. Mount loses his starting place, right? Um, uh, Grealish, not a starter for England. Foden in now the team. Saka becomes the player you have to have on the pitch because he enables so many things. And and I mean, I, I think this also goes to the contract point when we were saying, give him 200 grand. Give, and there was sort of this, almost this like eye roll. At, Why are you going to give a 20-year-old 200 grand? But like, I'm sorry, guys. This is the best young player in England. This is the best young English player. And you're not going to get him for 125 a week. So I'm curious, Clive, where you see him in the hierarchy of those players I listed and whether we need to start being a lot more realistic about what a player at that in that uh, point of the hierarchy is going to need to stay at Arsenal. Yeah, I think there's three golden players at the moment that are really shining uh, in Foden, Bellingham and Saka. Those, those are the three. Yeah. And I don't... I don't see them. By the way, I didn't away. include Bellingham because he's midfielder. I was thinking players yeah. that are sort of more in the same sphere positionally. But understood, yeah, understood. I just I broadened that point out. I understood totally. Mm-hmm. I think those three are really starting to stand up and stand out. Yeah, you know, and whether Foden's position has been found, I don't think he has. <laughs> I think he's got to be in the interior, and the sooner he gets there, the better. Um, and we need to think about how we populate the wide areas. I think Saka's really really nailing his side down and I don't see you know there's a Sterling seems to be on the on the way down slightly you know um Rashford is in peak age and needs to be as consistent as he was in this tournament and I think he do a fine job off the left so I think there's opportunities there but Saka's right there and he looks like a marketing man's dream doesn't he the humble nice kid that basically lives a good life god-fearing man just doing things properly. And um, what, what can you say? I, I, I think for Arsenal, we have this incredible asset, you know, that's homegrown, brings us into seven, eight years of, of old. He's the prime example of something that what we tried to do. Can you imagine all of the hours that's been put into this individual to grow to this level and how dedicated he's having to be. I think he grew up in, in West London around the Ealing area. And I'm telling you, that's not an easy journey to get across to Hayland. Imagine doing that three, four, five times a week. right? And then going into to the scholarship. I mean, it, honestly, guys, I can tell you, to be 
in academy and to do it for that long, it's a huge commitment to the family. And to see him come through, they must be incredibly proud of him. And the club must be incredibly proud of him to see not just the, the football side of things, but the mentality of him. You know, and I think that's the bonus. And hey, look, we have got something on our hands here. We really have. Special boy, special boy. I work from home. And I consider it a sacrifice to make the commute from my bedroom to the home office. So I, you know, I just, I, I you know, kudos to, to Bukayo. I do have to say, the club may be proud of him, Clive. I, <laughs> that admin on Twitter risked it all yesterday. I don't know if you saw this, but right at full time. Now, look, I know you got to celebrate your players. You got to celebrate your players. But right at full time, the official Arsenal account tweeted out basically like, congrats to our Wilo, a World Cup semifinalist with him draped in the French flag. And I'm like, boy, I yeah, that's it. Our Wilo, fist bump, a World Cup semifinalist, heart. And I'm like, mate, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be posting that as an English club right after England was knocked out. And the replies were sensible, of course. And, and I'm controlled. wondering who this Wilo is. It's Willow, not Wilo. What Willow, are you talking Willow, about? Willow. <laughs> I, I'm confusing that with someone in our Patreon Discord. Um, a troublemaker, no less. Um, so, I mean, who knows? Maybe Saliba's in, in our Patreon Discord. Uh, okay, Paul, your thoughts on... Not just the hierarchy, but and look, I hate to make this a whiskers conversation. That's not my point, isn't that we're going to lose Saka. I have no, no doubt whatsoever that Bukayo Saka is going to stay. Just in terms of us needing to appreciate that the guy who is now the young English player, maybe him, Bellingham, and Foden, I agree with, mm. with Clive that that's the triumvirate, but like you're not getting a discount on that. Even if he yeah. loves the club, you know, you, you got it. And you shouldn't ask for a discount because you want the player to feel they've been properly rewarded for how good they are in their contribution, you know? Yeah. Uh, look, we can afford to pay Saka what he's worth. Uh, I think the challenge sometimes with a player like this, who is the future, who's going to get better, is to be able to pay him what he deserves and to be able to justify it to the rest of the team and the squad. And yeah. like what you're playing, what you're praying for is that Saka does enough that you can turn around when, I don't know, uh, player X, Y, and Z come in and say, oh, you paid Saka this, I want that. And they say, mm -hmm. well, actually, you haven't done all the things that Saka did, right? Yeah. So what he is doing before the world, showing his quality on the biggest stage, makes it a hell of a lot easier. I don't... Look, it's never the problem paying one player. It's when it pulls up the whole pyramid and everybody starts coming yep. in because you... Yep. Like, and like, that's Arsene what Menger used to talk about that a lot. He yeah. used to talk about how if you start paying a couple players outsized wages, everybody yeah. else is going to get pulled along. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't mind paying high wages. You mind you mind paying outsized wages. You, yeah. If you have a brilliant player, like you can afford to pay that one brilliant player. So yeah. uh, I think he's done the club a favor by proving it. Had he not had a good tournament. That's a much tougher conversation because he's still going Fair, to want yeah. money in and around that. And you still got to justify it to everybody else. And they're like, well, what's he done that's so special? So I look, they, they'd love to get him on cheap so they can keep bumping him up and take care of him. But it's not the worst thing in the world to give a great player a great contract when his 
when he's going to improve and improve and improve. Uh, on a couple of other points along the way related to Saka, I, I think it's you talked about all the young players who came mm-hmm. along with him whose careers are perhaps a little more squirrely. I think it's interesting that for Grealish, his current um, goals, aims and ambitions are not so much to be a starter for the England team. He, he seems to be mostly trying to make sure he solidifies his place as Saka's best friend. So that's where he is in the hierarchy and where Zach is, you know. Make sure he doesn't get pimped for BFF. And we may have gotten a little bit of help from Ben White, by the way, because he's a super important player for us, one of our more important players as well, one of our best. And I have absolutely no idea what happened with Ben White. I have no interest in indulging in any of the rumors. But all I will say is, whatever the reason he came home, if it means that Ben White isn't in the England setup for a while, that's no skin off our back. And I'm not sure to be skin off Ben White's back. So, like, you know, that may have been a little bit of gift that we get there. Now, Clive, the Martinelli situation for me is is somewhat similar. It's funny, just a week ago we were talking about, hey, our front three for West Ham could be uh, Ryan Nelson, if you listen to the commentators from the Leon match because <laughs> that's what they were calling him. Uh, Reese Nelson, Eddie Nketia, and Fabio Vieira. And now it could be Gabriel Martinelli, Bukayo Saka, and Eddie Nketia. Uh, by the way, I do think it's interesting that we have an Nketia and we may soon have an Indica. And I'm wondering if, um, similar to how you have to speak Portuguese to get signed by Arsenal, the other way you can get signed by Arsenal if you have an N followed by a consonant to start your name. Just, you know, I like to see patterns in the numbers. Patterns in the letters. Um, and Dicka and Kedia. Uh, so, so, yeah, in terms of Martinelli, again, a case of elevated his profile, won people over, showed his talent, didn't play too much, comes home at a time when he can be back for us. This Dubai camp now, and we're going to be playing Milan Tuesday, suddenly looks like an Arsenal squad. Sounds like Thomas Partey is back. Martinelli yep. and Saka joining up. Shaq is already back. I think... Uh, I think he actually flew back to the Arsenal camp late in the second half of the Switzerland game. <laughs> I mean, he, he was he was back so damn fast. Um, I, I'm trying to think if there's uh, anyway. Tomiyasu is back, I think. Yeah. So uh, Ben White is joining up or, or has joined up. Sorry, he's, he's there. there already. He's there, yeah. Yep, he's there. Um, I, I will say, in terms of another at Arsenal admin issue that I'm gonna I'm gonna take issue with social media. So. Everybody was battering the admin for some training pictures. And they're like, show us pictures of Zinchenko. I don't know if Zinchenko trains alone on a stationary bike with a wistful look in his eye was the picture we wanted to see. <laughs> like they post all these like happy, clappy training pictures. And then there's a picture of Zinchenko on a bike alone in an empty room, wistfully looking into the sky. Like, why are you giving me that, man? That didn't help at all. But, but Clive, we're suddenly looking at a Dubai training camp that is essentially the whole squad aside from Saliba. And that's a hell of a better situation than we might have expected to be in. Yeah, it is. But well, hey, look, the week ago we was on here, and I was incredibly worried about Saka and Martinelli if they were to continue in the competition. And obviously, Jesus was very raw in, in our heads, and we were all making doing our sums. A week yeah. later, Saka and Martinelli have come out of it, as you said, enhanced, and potentially could be ready for West Ham or you know at least by Newcastle. You know, so I'm um, at the very worst. So. So, and the Jesus thing, it still stings. But then when you watch Arsenal play against Leon and 
We're running through, skipping through the tulips like young foals, um, running through them. You don't feel as worried anymore. As soon as we can see the goal, we're one nil down, and we're looking at our, our bench and wondering if you've got enough forwards. Then we're going to be we're going to be in a different place, right? Um, can I stop you for one second to tell you something that that you might find interesting? What's that? So I I have to admit I I was. I love the way we played against Leon, but I was critical of it in the sense that I thought I said Leon are so bad I don't think it matters. Leon have just defeated Liverpool three yeah. one in a game that Firmino, Salah, um, Elliot, Gomez, Matip, Milner, Robertson they all played, and Leon beat them three one, and they looked yeah. like poop. And then beat us, them so. on penalties, to, and they also to, beat them to, on penalties to, to nail them in the coffins. Yeah. And yeah. Lacazette beat them. Uh, yeah, he or did. scored on 83 scored minutes. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah, so so, sorry, Clive. I just thought that was some interesting context because we made them look really, really bad. They just beat Liverpool, but you know. yeah, we did make them look bad. We look, I, I watched the game and, uh, and I did watch the game, the whole game. And, um, yeah, I like, I liked how we, we play. And it's sort of like, it was like a refreshing reminder of what we were doing, you know, and, um, before, and I was not that we'd forget it, but, we all got short memories. It was just so nice to see the patterns and what we're doing and, and how we move the ball and how we share the ball. We've got a lovely team culture within the group. I really, really enjoy watching them, you know. And and you can... kids know how we play too, right, Clive? Well, Did, yeah. T- t- that was pretty cool, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean... I mean, I, I watch a lot of stuff like many people do. You can see what they're doing in the younger teams. And as a club, we look really aligned and we look yeah. so well coached i mean crikey we look so well coached to produce this stuff week on week the patterns you, you can almost predict it can't you you're watching it going yeah. okay you need to turn out here go there okay they've done that next one where's my runner here it comes you know you can almost what you can watch it developing yep and it's just wonderful because it's so instant and so quick and so so I don't want to use the word rehearse, but just so the timing is the key. And when the time is not right, you, you can spot it. And when someone's not fit, you can spot it. And I'll give you a little a little something I did notice. I think you saw Sleeber's one game when he did play for France. I'm not sure I think they played Tunisia, didn't they? And, and he mm. came on in that game. And I'm telling you, mate, he didn't look good when he first came on that pitch. He looked lumpy remember the sleeper we were worried about a couple of years ago when he's not in the rhythm you know legs were heavy i'm thinking oh no i don't like this but again when he when, I, when he looked up he didn't have his normal passing partners and it just goes yeah. to show you what we developed here players who are exceptional in our eyes are exceptional within this group and knowing who they're passing to who they're receiving it to they have real strong principles within that team and it's starting to permeate to other players. And it's really nice to see. Well said. I want to talk about the Indica Links a bit. Indica Links. Mm. Um, this podcast <laughs> is brought to you by Indica Links, the finest sausage alternatives. Uh, Indeed. Does it sound like that? Like Jack Link sausage. Do you guys have Jack Link sausage in the, in the UK? Um, no, but what I should say is, and, and uh, with all kidding aside, because obviously... Uh, they barely have listening. sausages, Elliot, since Brexit. Okay, fair enough. Can would it kill you guys to have some pancakes and waffles like the rest of us? Um, look, a lot of people dealing with loss right now. Obviously, uh, we're sharing a loss in the community, and I think it's uh, as good a time as any to remind you this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online therapy, and it's real therapy. And I think the thing that 
has changed with the digital economy and, and just virtual work and things that we've come to realize that you don't have to be in person to engage in a lot of the activities that you engaged in in person previously. And one of those is therapy. And I think it's one of the best possible changes because you can reach out and get the help that you may not feel comfortable driving to an office. You may not have the time in your day to drive to an office. You may not have the time in your day to, to go seek out a therapist. Where would you even start? How would I even know who to pair with? BetterHelp does all that for you. Pairs you with a therapist who is a specialist in the issues that you want to deal with, gets you connected right away. You don't even have to have camera on if you want to be totally anonymous. You can change therapist, which is hard to do if you're going into an office to be like, sorry, I'm not coming to your office anymore. Like, and go to someone else's office. It's 100% online. It's more affordable. A lot of people don't get mental health coverage from their health insurance. If you're here in the United States where, you know, you have to have health insurance to get medical care because that's cool. Um, so it's just wonderful. And again, mental health isn't just, I have depression or I'm in a crisis. It can be, life is hard. Adulting is hard. I need help. And it's not the job of my partner, my friends to necessarily bear the responsibility of the challenges I'm facing. I need someone who will work on those things for me. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with the therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. Couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% on your first month at betterhelp.com vision. It's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com slash vision. And almost as importantly, you know, we were talking about this on Twitter, talking about this in the Discord, you know, like what I add to the conversation because we were on the World Cup daily and, and the guys were talking and I pronounced a player name like badly wrong. And I said, look, you guys are here for the knowledge. I'm here to make sure you have smooth balls. And that's my role. And I'm going to do my role by telling you that right now, this podcast is brought to you by our favorite producer of ball trimmers, Manscaped, the global leader in below-the-waist grooming, are leaving 2022 with a clear mind and clean balls. And Manscaped wants to help you with this special offer. Use code ARSENALVISION. That's code ARSENALVISION, okay, to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. All right, so what, what are some of the things you're going to get when you go to Manscaped? you got the lawnmower 4.0, and you can get that in the performance package 4.0, okay? So it's a waterproof, wet-dry trimmer, purpose-built right, with uh, ceramic blades, skin-safe technology, meant to work on loose skin. So in other words, like it's not, you know, meant not to like cut the skin. It's meant to cut the hair. Just seems like a pretty straightforward idea. There's also the Weed Whacker, which does ears and nose hair. And look, if you're getting to a certain age, you need to start thinking about that. It's got toners. It's got um, deodorants. It's got body washes, really everything you need. There's phenomenal boxer briefs. I use them when I exercise because they're really comfy. They keep everything where they need to be. And a shed travel bag. Look, go to manscaped.com, use promo code ArsenalVision, save 20% off and get free shipping. Manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping. You know, you do it now, you got the perfect gift for the holidays, ladies. You know, you can use it too, by the way. Share, share and share like this is a sharing economy. Manscaped.com, promo code ArsenalVision, save 20% off, free shipping worldwide. Do it now. Clive! Is that enough of that? Indeed. Nailed it. Okay. That felt good. That felt real good. Um, Clive, what do we need to know about this Indica character? Well, I like him. Who has apparently signed a pre-agreement to come be our left-footed center back that we need with Pablo Marie gone and Rob Holding maybe coming to the end of his arsenal time. What do we need to know about Indica? Yeah, this is one of the one of the contractual opportunities that are out there for us. I think I think we were talking before the podcast. I, I've had this little thing that this is the way to get to the next level for us, to look out there in the market of these opportunities. And if this is true, there's this and if, right? This guy is pretty good. 
Um, he's a left-footed centre-back stroke left-back. Uh, has had some periods even playing in midfield. So that's a good sign. As you know, we don't mind an inverted fullback um, that's <laughs> six foot plus. <laughs> well, you know, I don't mind one of those. Um, I, I like my centre-back fullbacks. Um, he's playing in the left of a back three at the moment at Eintracht Frankfurt, and he looks he looks quite leggy. Very good recovery speed into the corners, keeps the ball nicely, and he creates transitions with his tackling. And um, maybe we do some scouting him this week, Elliot. But I, I do like yeah, him. Mm-hmm. I, I do like him. I've always liked the idea of him. Shall we say? You, know, you look around, you think, yeah, he's a you know, young French centre back, good schooling, been to a couple of leagues. I like the idea of him. You know, I watched him play against Europa League games last year. I, I also against Rangers in the final. I think he played at West Ham as well. And he looks okay. It looks physically good. Six three, six four. He's good at it. He's good in wide areas where we need big space defender. Do you know what I mean? Half a line defender. Mm-hmm. You know, we lack that fourth defender centre back that can play on the halfway line. Not wishing, not wishing to uh, criticise anybody else, but you know what I'm saying here. We all know where the, where we're going, and um, we need to recreate what we have with Gabriel, with White, with Saliba. We need another one that can do that job. You know, on the halfway, press, move the ball forward, pass, step onto people, squeeze the team up. Not mentioning that word that Paul always mentions. Um, high up on the halfway <laughs> line, and um, and go from there. So I like the idea. <laughs> I like the idea of it. I like the idea of it very much. So I hope, I hope this one's true. That's what I will say, Elliot. Yep, yep, Paul. I mean, it, it makes some sense. And I mean, look, I think people are sick of Mikel Arteta buying center backs. It seems like his favorite thing to do. But Pablo Marie gone. I think Rob Holding will probably be gone. He likes to have a left footer on the left side. We know that. Um, and especially with the way we pass out from the back, I can understand the need for it. There's a left-footed 23-year-old. He'll be 24 next season. Good age for a center back, right? Young-ish by center back standards. Um, doesn't have a bad injury track record, I will admit. I'm a little scarred about the, hey, here's a good Bundesliga defender on a free that we can get. <laughs> but like, you know, hope springs eternal. Um, the thing that, you know, I, I look at with this guy is that he he's going to need to be a, a good on-the-ball player. And from what I've heard, he fits that, but I have to admit I don't have any knowledge of that specifically. Do you have thoughts on this? I mean, I think this to me feels sort of like we got a couple of big pieces we got to find that are going to be expensive. Going into next season, we might have two center backs, Saliba and Gabriel, and then two other center backs in quotes in Tomiyasu and White who are actually really primarily our fullbacks. And so if Holding goes and Maria's gone, if you don't go get a center back, suddenly you are in, I think, a pretty thin situation at center back. So this this feels like a really good opportunistic, clever move to just quickly and efficiently address an area that could have become a problem if we didn't. Oh, and we caught you on mute. It's our seventh season. By the eighth season, my guess yeah. is this will happen a lot less. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, whatever. All right. So, <laughs> I'm sure we missed all the good stuff, but what? what you try to re, try to reproduce it. Yeah, uh, we're the most uh, axially symmetric team. That's easy for me to say in the league. Mm. Le- lefties on the left, righties on the right. Uh, you know it's coming. We're going to get. Other players could fit in here, but that's not what we do. We need the guy who can spin the ball, who has all the angles, who can make space for himself over there. So we were going to want an Indica kind of player. 
Um, like uh, and like, I've watched a little video on him. He looks like he's a bowler. Uh, he's certainly got all the skills. Um, and I want to be the first to say, I know we haven't signed him yet, but I wonder if he could play at DM. I just want to be the first one at Arsenal to say that. <laughs> Hang on, Cl- Clive's got a word on that because apparently he wants to be the second one. Clive? Well, yeah, well, he actually has had time in, in the DM. I, I, I should See? know the exact number of games, but he has yeah. played there, which is a good sign, right? Because, you know, we yeah. like this, don't we? So let's, let's we see do. what happens. And like, why we, we I, love a could the center back be our DM conversation? You know, whether yeah. it's Ben White or all the way back to Tommy Vermeilen. We we've been trying to make this a thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And like, it won't happen. We won't do it. But I just wanted to be the first one, even though we haven't signed him yet. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> to recklessly project about that. Fair yeah. enough. But um, I'll tell you, you yeah. watch the video and like, uh, yeah, this guy can really fucking play the the wonderful arrogance on the ball uh he can kind of do it all like the problem with videos is you can't uh you don't see the other side how often does he screw up but like you see it on our scouting videos paul over on patreon which is a reminder you should be there because otherwise you're just watching highlights i'm sorry i know yeah this podcast Um, sponsored by the arsenal vision podcast yeah (laughs) but certainly with the ball he can do it all uh, what he does the other times when he's not on this YouTube highlights video, I've no idea, but he's phenomenal. Uh, he's phenomenal when the YouTube's rolling. I can tell you that for nothing. Um, what I think's interesting about him is it brings back the topic of Arsene Wenger's, you know, players are all going to run their contracts down. Um, so we don't like it when it happens to us, but it is a new era, era that allows for clubs like ourselves, who are attractive honeypots for these talented players who will run that. Like, you're going to bet on yourself. You have to be talented to run your contract down because, like, Mm -hmm. Cedric runs his contract down. Uh, (laughs) You know, (laughs) different proposition to Indica runs his contract down. So we can get him in the door uh, cost-effectively, which is fantastic. Uh, With no, the other thing is there's no wrangling, right? It's a quick decision. It's two parties talking. It's not, you're not going to the club, to this club. You're not, you know, there'll, there'll be competition, but it's a very linear, direct, straight transaction. So we'll know where we are before the summer. If it's an Indica or another player like this is coming in on the free. The challenge with these guys is uh, you've got to find a way to separate out how you parcel your wages because they come into your wage structure and like they want to be paid for the fact that you don't have to pay a fee. Now they're up around Gabriel Jesus money, but they're really competing with will. You know, it, yeah. it, there's an it's an odd situation in the in the dressing room when the guy who is brought in to be a rotational backup option is making more than the starter because he came in on a free and the other guy was a fifty million transfer. Yeah, yeah, and there's an, there's no part of that conversation that makes anybody feel good that oh. It, but that's only because they paid me the fee that the club would have gotten. And everybody's like, oh, well, that seems perfect. Like, I do think there's, you could almost call it a culture clash, but there's a yeah. payment structure clash out there that hasn't happened when you have a mix of players, uh, some of whom came in on a free, some of whom didn't. And then they're looking at their futures and thinking, well, maybe I run down my contract within in this club. That all has to be played out yet. And like... uh whether it's Indica or the next player, there's going to be one 
there's a lot of balancing we as supporters need to understand when clubs are making decisions. Oh, he's great. Why didn't we go for him? He might have been a total dick about his contract situation, things we'll never really know that would create problems well beyond his his one situation. But yeah, yeah, I think we'll go for somebody like this guy and Gabriel will have real competition at his position and we'll have real competition across the pitch and the starting 11 will not be as clear to us in a season or two's time. We'll be like, oh, uh, could be any one of two guys in most positions. I'll take it. Clive? Yeah, joking aside, um, um, I think this a reason why I like this player, he, he's playing left-of-back three at the moment, has played left-back quite a fair bit and can mm-hmm. play left-centre-back. That type of versatility, we know what that means. We've got one left back that potentially could could be sold. It's not playing at the moment. We've got another one that's quite injury prone. We have a we so one player you could literally see two players go, but you get the, you get your depth in squad based on the versatility of those players. So if a player can do those positions properly in a style that we like, whether he's a, in a left back stick on back four left back out wide or an inverted left back who's played time in midfield we know that we we can see that picture we've seen it with Tommy Atu and also obviously left centre back never gets a chance to rest at our club because we like a left footer there so suddenly you get depth from one player and I, and I think that's smart and, and it is interesting Clive it's a, it's a very interesting point actually because we've got two centre backs vying in some ways, vying for right back position at the moment with Tommy yeah. Asu and White, right? So yeah. uh, we're we're looking for those super flexible center backs who can kind of play, arguably play a few positions on the pitch, including full back. So yeah, an think, interesting parallel on the other side. Yeah, I more so than just, Gabriel Magliash, I think, as a as a left back. Not that he couldn't do a job, but yeah. that would be doing a job. Whereas White and Tommy Asu can actually ball on the right wing they yeah. can and I, I think it's something I've been thinking about also with Kieran Tini, we're not sure what's going to happen there next season we've got Nuno Tavares who's probably going to be sold after a year's loan There's we've got Rob Holding who deserves to play you know he's 27 now deserves to play deserves to be somebody's first choice um, you start to think about the sales we could make now we, we haven't done well in recent years, but now we've built up the squad value and there are people that could be sold. So you add people with flexibility, you keep your squad to a nice, tight squad and everyone's involved. They can play multiple positions and we've got, hopefully got proper big boy competitions next year on a Wednesday night and a Tuesday night and not the Thursday night rubbish music competition that we're in at the moment. So I do see some real opportunities there. And then as we pull that money together a little bit more, there are some bright young trinkets out there that would really make our squad go up the level. If we are going to spend, we can scoop some money in and then hopefully buy somebody. I've got my dreams, but a couple of players out there are really, really shining at the moment. Maybe that's the players that we need to elevate the club. So you need to create those funds to make those moves. Yeah, Bob? Yeah, so like it also brings up for me a really interesting thought I've been playing on recently. I'll be the which, judge of that. Yeah, I guess everybody <laughs> will, so I'm getting a little nervous now. Maybe it's not that interesting. Maybe it was just me. Well, come on, enough preamble, let's hear it. All right, I'm going to dust it off. So there's this conversation about as as Arteta does better and better and we do our football, 
are we just a simulacrum? I think that's one of your words. Simulacrum. Elliot. Yeah, simulacrum. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going with simulacrum. That's um, not a word. Then, so you know, <laughs> your choice. <laughs> it's a word on the Simpsons. Um, <laughs> no, that's cromulent. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Simulacrumulent um, yep. of what Pep is. Are we kind of? Is he just a cheap version of? Is he just e- always going to try and emulate what he's seen Pep do? And mm-hmm. like, I don't for a second believe that because. He's got his own emotional landscape. He's a strong personality. They're going to work off the same blueprint. And the one area I already see a difference is, and this may not be correct, but when I look at our defense, we have a beefy, muscular defense that is to be feared. Now, a city sometimes can put together a defense that you think, geez, that's a defense. But it's always the vulnerability that it's kind of, they got a bunch of uh, almost midlift fielders back there. They're a little, not that they're small, but they're a little, you can get at them. There's like this vulnerability. They don't like it up them a little bit. And like, I've always got the sense from the wor- day one when Arteta came into Arsenal that the one thing he didn't want to do is have done to him what he had done as a player, which is us getting done on the counter. He wanted competency. He wanted guys who could play, but he wanted uh, a a back unit, a back five that could and should be feared. And if we get somebody like an Indica, it's another player back. Like we can put out four or five with party in front of them and like coming out of the tunnel before the game and at halftime, you'll look across and see those guys and say, gulp. Like those, that is not a back line. Like I do think already, maybe it's just a fix to the, the, the other reason Arteta will be different is because the problems he's solving, the context he's in is a little different. But I, yeah. I think in particular across our defense, I feel a quantitative difference in terms of Arteta's concept of positional play, even if it's just a variation on a theme. I agree with that. Look, I think where I, get most worked up in squad debates with people and where I disagree with them the most is on depth. I do not think the goal should be to have depth. I think the goal should be to acquire as much excellent quality as you can acquire. Quality that could be a starter for a title-winning, title-challenging team. And then the depth works itself out. Now, I'm not saying have one player to position. What I'm saying is you don't need 22 players. That's not realistic. It doesn't work. You can't keep them happy. It doesn't make sense. And inevitably, you will have less quality because your wage bill won't... You don't have a wage bill for 22 starters. So what you need to have is 11 really freaking fantastic starters and five players, maybe six, who are all right at that level and pushing for it. And then you fill the rest out with an academy kid you didn't expect to come through or another academy or a, a cheap punt buy that you made like a Marquinhos or like a Martinelli or whatever, that suddenly surprises you. So what I'm trying to say is our next step, the, the reason I like the Indica thing is we need the player, we need the position, fine, it's filled. Our next buy needs to be a Bellingham. It doesn't need to be a Cedric. It doesn't need to be an Elneny. It needs to be a Bellingham. It needs to be another Gabriel Jesus. It, it, for If we're going to really push City this season and next season and the season after, it's not going to be because we got four or five pretty good guys who can sit on the bench and give us 500 minutes in a season. It's because we're going to get another killer who's going to say to Thomas Party, I'm coming, I'm taking your place because I'm better than you. Someone's going to say to Gabriel Jesus, you're on a three-game run and not scoring? I can come in and I can score a hat trick. I'm better than you. 
and could say it to Martinelli and could say it to Sack. Like we we need that extra layer. Smith Rowe might get to be one of those guys. That would be great. Right. But so so I think that, that Clive was hitting on this, which is you don't need a huge group. That's not really realistic. Not not for our club. You need a you need eleven killers and four or five behind them who feel they're good enough to take someone's place and let the rest sort it out. Clive, you want to We're not here uh, for a long time. We're here for a good time. Exactly. 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 So Clive, you want to finish up on, on, on that thought? Not necessarily what Paul just said, which I don't understand, but what I said, which I also don't understand. <laughs> yeah. So Paul's got me off my, off my train of thought. I think Arteta's intention was to have 22 players plus three goalkeepers squad of 25, but within that 25, they don't all have to be the stars, as you said, right? So I am, you know, there's a lot of, I'll say focus on the academy, but you can, you get a chance to have a think about them a little bit more when there's no first team games ongoing at the moment. And um, so we have three or four academy kids that are really, really shining, you know, really shining. And pathways have to be created for them. They're young at the moment. They're 16 years old. There's Miles Lewis Skelly and Ethan Wanye, which we, which we know about. Lino Sosa, which we know about. Chai Patino, which we know about. They're four top, top level players that are coming into that squad they are coming in and that's it it's just a matter of how we develop them and it's in my mind I'm thinking about what we want to do we all want to see us elevate the club and get to the next level in the back of my mind I'm thinking as well we have to make sure we develop these guys whether they be out on loan but make sure they can see a window for them in the team we can't shut the window on them because we don't want them cheaply falling into other people's hands because that would be really quite a sad thing right so um and what we're back to Bukayo Saka again he is he is the boy that's made them all think they can do it too and the impact he's having in the academy must be massive it must be you couldn't ask for a better example you know literally so I think it's going to encourage more and more players to really try to exceed at Arsenal exceed expectations and succeed and I think there are players that no doubt there's a Man City are doing it very well at the moment, buying young talent from other clubs. If they're young talents from other clubs that are thinking about which clubs will give them a chance, it, we're, we're right up there, aren't we? So we just need to make sure, although we all want the shiny new things, that we don't completely shut the door to those bright young talents. Yeah, well said. Um, I think we should leave it there. We've still got World Cup dailies going every day. We're going to have Patreon scouting video probably on Indica and then a couple of our loanies like Flo Balligan and Charlie Patino. Um, some interesting players, by the way, who will definitely have a role to play in the not-too-distant future. And we'll have more pods coming up and we'll slowly but surely get our way back to the regular schedule as we shift gears from World Cup thinking to Arsenal thinking um, as Arsenal do have a game on Tuesday. And we'll try to get an instant reaction out for that, as silly as that sounds, over on the Patreon side too. So we'd love to have you over there. But if you can't be over there, be over here. We just love having you here. Anywhere you are, wherever you are, we love you and thank you. Uh, Paul's on Twitter, Pods My Pants. Thanks, Paz. Woohoo! Clive's on Twitter, Clive PFC. Thanks, Clive. Thank you very much. My name is Alex Pinnacle Blackman, Twitter Gang, and we love you. And you know what? Let's do this one. Well, we'll talk to you after Arsenal 10, Milan No. <laughs>